Olofinjana to Lawrence. Played through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello, welcome to episode 16 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. There's no Stoke game this week, but we've got a special episode for you. It's a look back on our Europa League campaign of five years ago. I'm joined by Chris Brammer. Good evening. And hopefully later on we'll be joined by Anthony Bunn of Duck Magazine. So, Chris. Yes. Um, it was either this or talk about the international break. Oh. So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're doing this kind of retrospective podcast, if you like. It's something a bit different for us. Um You've been uh, watching the season review DVD from 2011-2012. Uh, you were saying you uh, miss you miss that team. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a. I would, obviously we we discussed doing a, a Europa League special earlier this week, and so I thought I'll get the get the DVD out, watch it again, refresh myself with some of the matches. Um, and yeah, I I don't know if it was just romanticism with that team, or what, but I. Yeah, I, I miss it. It was it was a good a good time, a good time in uh, in Stoke's history. I I kind of miss the whole underdog feeling that we had at that time, where we were punching above our weight and we we'd we'd managed to get to the FA Cup final and only only just lost to Man City and and then we went on our grand European adventure and we were still you know a bottom half of the table team really and. I don't know. I don't know if we've we maybe have lost that over the last few years, where we've got bigger, better players, and we're expecting higher up the table finishes. But I don't know. There was something about every goal being scored from a set piece that I just <laughs> I absolutely adored. And I'm I'm looking back at some of the stats now over the European campaign, and some of the names that you just forget that played for us and the impact that they had. Oh, it's a great team. And and a co- yeah. Go on. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say there was a sense that just everything was new and fresh and exciting because we we hadn't got to a cup final before ever. And not only that, we had a Europa League thing thrown on and we hadn't played in Europe since the 70s. And even then, that was only uh, two uh, short-lived campaigns. <laughs> so it, it was it was all this kind of, I can't believe this is happening kind of thing. Um, I, d- I don't know if you remember... Um, Whilst we did get to the cup final, which kind of put us in Europe, um, we weren't entirely uh, secure of it because I believe Man City needed to finish in the top four that season as well. So we're kind of there was a because the cup final was before the end of the season. Yes, we need we need we needed Man City to just to hold on to fourth place. I think they probably even finished third or something like that. But there was um there was a scenario where. Oh, where we could have thrown a game, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and and that would have meant uh, Man City. Oh, yeah, because we played Man City the uh, the next league game, didn't we? Yes, I think so. Yeah, at, at the at the Etihad, they were very nice and didn't parade the cup in front of us, <laughs> which, uh, which was all well and good. But yeah, um, there was there was like talk of like, oh, if he throws this game, uh, Man City can definitely finish fourth, and then. That will mean Stoke getting the Europa League, and if you know Tony Pulis, you know Tony Pulis probably, you know, doesn't quite operate like that. He's very old school and wouldn't 
you know, throw a game no. for a chance of Europa League football. But it all worked out well. Um, we were drawn against High Duck Split yes. in the uh, the third qualifying round, uh, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, a perfect opponent for a team from the Potteries, <laughs> a High Duck Split. Way. Um, yeah. Well done. Um, any particular memories uh, from these two ties? Uh, both finished 1-0 to Stoke. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Walters after three minutes in the first leg at home. And then Ryan Shotton right at the death of the away leg, uh, securing safe passage through. Yeah. I remember, well, the 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 away leg, I remember, because it was the very, very, like, the last throw of the game. And I'd, I actually think, that you, like, on UEFA's record, it goes down as an own goal, because I think it deflects off the... Um, the split player uh, defenders like Shin or something like that, but um, Ryan Shotton weren't having any of that, and he he was always going to claim it as his own. What I, when I was watching this back today on um, on the on the review video, obviously we this was at the we we started the season really early, didn't we? At this point, this was like yeah, this July. game was the twenty eighth of July, our first leg. Yeah, um, and I yeah, it was it was a very very early start. I remember. Um, Britannia, I remember going along to it and um, thinking it was a bit too early for football. It should be like a pre-season <laughs> or uh, game or something. But no, it just when watching this back over um, this morning on the DVD, just I'd completely forgotten about just Ryan Shotton in general and like how <laughs> he got he got a few goals in this like in this season. Yeah, and he was and he was voted young player of the season. Based purely on the fact that he was the only young player, in, he was the only one who qualified for it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a FIFA presidential election, yeah. that really. It's a, yeah. Or a Conservative Party one. Yeah. Um, yeah it's only one contestant, really. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, but um, I, I I agree. I think the, this was the kind of the golden era of Ryan Shot, yeah. if that's not too grandiose a way of putting it. Because he plays right back, right wing, and occasionally up front for us. <laughs> yeah. And this was the mad season where he scored uh, away against West Brom that, in the last minute. That guy uh, taken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was. He was. He was having a lot of fun this season. I think it's fair yeah. to say. Yeah. I mean, I know. He's... I know. I know. Everyone always said that Ryan Shotton was never good enough to be uh, a Premier League player, and you know what? Perhaps they they were right in it. I always had a complete soft spot for the guy because he. He clearly loved playing for the team. Um, I'm convinced that one of his relatives worked in the upper Q railing stand because there was someone who like served behind the bar there who had sh- shot and as their last name. So I-, I was convinced that they were related. Um, and no, I just, I, I, yeah, a homegrown player always endears himself, I think. And I was sad when Ryan shot and left us, even if he never was good enough. Well, um, his uh, I've just found his tweet from uh, after he sc- he scored or maybe didn't score that uh, goal <laughs> in split um, <laughs> at Ryan Shot in eighty eight. This is of course in August two thousand eleven. If anyone and any number one, <laughs> if anyone wants to take that goal away from me, then please please uh, tweet me. Lol, effing buzzing off my nut. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sums it up, yeah, really. It's it what a, it's a beautiful way of putting it. Um, yeah. 
But you like uh, also go on. Go on. I was just gonna say my my other kind of standout memory from uh, these two games getting split was the split fans were like you know proper European yeah. hostile atmosphere kind of fans, which is which is what you want really when you uh, <laughs> when you when you play European sides is, is you want like kind of yeah. uh, generic mad European fans <laughs> and um, there was it was a great sight at the home leg to see all that kind of bit of the away end full and the kind of general at the front who didn't watch the game at all but uh, as as often happens on the continent you've just got this mad ultra who turns uh, away from the game just to kind of yeah. g up the crowd it's it's it was a brilliant sign yeah, definitely i'm like i'm looking through like you forget some of the signings that we made to bolt boost the team during this season like yeah uh kyle norbury uh tweeted us um to say um just on that topic really the fa cup final team plus woodgate upson crouch jerome and uh, and uh, palacios <laughs> squad depth squad depth was incredible incredible right um <laughs> i mean it was it was certainly aged and it certainly gave us experience and it took us a long while to get rid of some of those players but i mm-hmm. like looking back on on paper actually for where we were at that time there were good signings and um I mean, this was the season yeah. we bought Cam- Cameron Jerome as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and he he also had a big part to play in uh, this run as well. Uh, so it was it was kind of a tale of periphery players mm. kind of having, you know, without going too far, kind of a, a role in Stoke's recent history, which is quite nice to see. Um, after the split game, of course, we're safely through to the fourth knockout round where we played FC Toon of Switzerland uh, first game was an away tie yes. in Toon uh, a kind of a sleepy Swiss town not one of the big Swiss clubs uh, like uh, Basel or Young Boys or, or some something like that but they had been doing very well recently I think they had maybe even won the league the previous season or no they wouldn't have they wouldn't have reached the Europa League. But they, they'd finished in the top three despite coming from this quite small yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. So everyone was kind of a bit wary of them. But um, on the subject of periphery players <laughs> doing well for us, Danny Pugh scored. <laughs> Danny Pugh scored a lovely one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice like um, finish from just outside the box, isn't it? Or, or just yeah, within it. It's quite a... He like, runs onto the ball and uh, just fires it low past the keeper. Yeah, it's a really sweetly... Sp- uh, struck shot I think um, yeah like you say with these being early in the season I think this may have been just after the season had started it, it looks like like a really good friendly at this point because <laughs> they've got they've got like a quite small boxy I don't know 10,000 seat stadium or something they, like that they had a plastic so pitch as well their pitch was plastic yeah oh god yeah I forgot about yeah, that yeah so and that was one of the big things like oh it's oh they're playing they're playing on a plastic pitch let's hope that we don't have any like injuries or whatever like I, I remember that yeah. being a big thing yeah um <laughs> any uh concerns about us seeing out the second leg uh were quickly dispatched in the opening stages of the next game Matthew Upson headed home uh his first goal for the club uh, then Kenwin Jones, uh, Glenn Whelan, and was it two for Jones? Yes, it was two, two, yeah. two headers, I think. 
Yeah. Because, because that's what um, we did back then. We crossed the ball in, and uh, the, uh, just to go, I know we've we already spoke about how much I love this team, but w- again, it was so great. We we played four four two. We had two wingers who crossed the ball in, and it was it was lovely to like again. I'm glad we I'm glad we changed, but romantic in me loved it. Loved it back then. We, yeah, plucky underdog Stoke City. It was great. Yeah, well, I think this uh, Toon game was kind of it's kind of the odd one out when you look at the teams we played in that uh, Europa League run because we either played. Um, you know, a really big team or a team you'd heard of before. I don't think any of us had really heard of FC Toon uh, before this run. So it, they feel like the kind of the the plucky minnow in, in yeah. this fixture. Yeah. Uh, they uh, scored right at the end to make it 4-1. We, we won 5-1 on aggregate. I don't know, by this point, you just kind of, it feels like a computer game almost, <laughs> you know, when you do really well with Stoke and then you've, you know, you're, you're playing the, you're rotating for the Europa League, which is what we were starting <laughs> to do. We were starting to rest players against these teams, which we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to with regards to uh, one match in particular. <laughs> and then, um, then we made it to the, obviously made it to the group stages. And uh, when you think of a, you know, a European competition, you think of the great potential away days that can offer up, you know, like, Oh, Madrid, Lisbon, Paris, <laughs> you know. Um, we managed to get a group draw where they're barely in Europe, these teams. <laughs> it was it was quite remarkable just how far away uh, we managed to... Uh, yeah. The teams we were draw, uh, drawn against were. Uh, Dynamo Kiev, Besiktas and Maccabi Tel Aviv uh, represented a fair few air miles for us. <laughs> I mean... Applause to any fans who went to every single one of those games because that absolutely, is some serious yeah. travelling. Oh, absolutely! And and on Thursday nights as well. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah. Like I will, I will quite. I I went to none of the away games because no, me neither. Because I work and like I couldn't do it. I don't know how. And this goes for all football teams. Like even like you. Uniteds and whoever who were always who were sorry always in the Champions League. It was always the question <laughs> to me like how do how do their fans like manage to go every other Thursday to like all these arenas round around Europe? How like they must either have really well paying jobs or very understanding bosses or something like that because blinking heck I would I would have loved to have gone to. Uh, some of these games and i if we, if we ever get into europe again and i'm going to presume we'll we'll get if we get in there we'll be in the first qualifying rounds because we'll finish seventh or something like that i i'm going to make an effort to go to one of the early qualifying round away games because ah oh, i can't but I, i'm sad that i missed it all but credit to those, pe- those people who went along because i mean yeah yeah gonna oh kiev and then Istanbul, and then Tel Aviv. It's like, that's, <laughs> yeah, I don't think easy. That, that's, it's commitment, isn't it? Really it really is. Um, it's everything that's great about being a football fan, really. Um, uh, yeah, my, my dream would be a, a Stoke pod, a Wizards of Drivel podcast, you know, live from you know, the Spanish Riviera <laughs> or something like that, you know. Live. Just, just. Just talking about uh, Stoke versus Atletico Madrid or, you know, whatever game <laughs> yeah. we coming up. 
You know it would be no, because uh, it will be typical if we do get there. We will draw one of the Russian teams, and uh, we'll get to do Wizards with the Russian Stoke City Supporters Club. That'll be good. Oh, that that'll that. be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so uh, yeah, um, I remember. I remember with this group draw, just thinking like, oh bloody hell, Kiev, Besiktas, like. These are teams. How are we even going to get through this group stage? I remember kind of writing it off and thinking, well, it's been a great adventure, but I don't think we're going to get out of this uh, this um, group yeah. stage. Because you, I, I, I was just going to say, I, you, it's very hard for you to get a judge on uh, how good these other teams are. You know that they're towards the top of their league, but yet, but yet, you're also kind of told, mm-hmm. oh, the Premier League's really good, maybe maybe we can beat these teams because we're in the Premier League and we've got better players now. So, so it's hard for you to get a handle on. Yeah. Um, I, th- I probably thought as well that just because of... It's worth remembering at this point, Tony Pulis, you know, we weren't good away from home. <laughs> yeah. So how good, how good were we going to be, you know, a- away at the other side of the continent? Um, so I was, I was kind of... Maybe hopeful we could squeak by in, in second place, but it, it I, I, I was like you, I was just like I was just along for the ride and yeah. just willing to enjoy it. Um, so our first game was uh, away in Kiev, and uh, the aforementioned Cameron Jerome uh, scored our first goal of the group stages, and we I think we looked quite good in this game. Uh, Ryan shot and I think was playing it on the right wing, um, and he, and he actually set up Jerome for a, a shot inside the area which crashed into the roof of the net. Then we had a heartbreaking last minute equaliser, uh, which was I remember watching. Uh, would would we've been on? We was either ITV four or Channel five. These Ooh. games seemed to be on. Oh, yeah, I don't Might know if it was be... Channel five back then. Oh, those were the days. What? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was Channel five. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you've probably to remember right. watching them on Channel Five. Yeah, but um, yeah, Vukojevic scored for mm. Kiev. So Yarmolenko actually, Ki- Yarmolenko set him up. Oh as well. yes, that, the... so the 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 guy who we're always linked with, yeah, he uh, he actually set up the goal. Yes, um, so we came away uh, with a point from Kiev, which is probably a it's a solid start to a group stage, but obviously. We're so close to all three. <laughs> and next up was our first home game of the group uh, against Besiktas. Mm. Um, we won 2-1. Uh, they took the lead on 40 minutes. Crouch immediately equalised from a corner. <laughs> and then 78 minutes, John Walters crashed home a penalty yeah. after Crouch was fouled in the box. Uh, the, but what, but the, for some reason, the strongest memory I have of this game is Ricardo Karejma for Besiktas. <laughs> he was bloody brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he was fan, he was a fantastic player to watch. Was... He, he he I think he even went to Chelsea shortly yeah. after that and just didn't you know get any game time at all. But he just he was just like he didn't the team didn't really matter to Charisma. he was just he was just having a fun time yeah. on his own i but. i seem to remember that this was the match where like there were the, the both teams hit the bar lots in fact yeah yeah i think you're yeah, probably right there was yeah. a lot there was a lot of that it was a very back and forth match from what i seem to remember and what i do remember as well this and the uh, tel aviv 
game at, at the Britannia. Um, the the fans, I remember them because, it, it, like you say, it was those European fans. They were organised, especially the um, the Tel Aviv fans who we're going to go on to in a minute. They were all like synchronised jumping. But what I remember about the Besiktas fans were like my mum's a lifelong Stoke fan. And so we, we go along to the games as a family and stuff. And she was so angry that they were bringing flares into the stadium. She's like, there are signs. What, how come How come they get to play this game? They should be told that they can't even have the points now because they're playing with flares. It's dangerous. She was so annoyed with the, with the pyrotechnics. <laughs> and I remember just thinking, yeah, this is, this is turkey for you. It's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, they, they're kind of a, a law unto themselves, Turkish fans. Uh, I think, as we found out in the away leg at uh, Besiktas, that I think they were throwing stuff on the pitch when we were <laughs> taking corners. It was kind of a, a really mad atmosphere. And but it's it's kind of okay. You don't necessarily condone, you know, too raucous behaviour in the in the stands, but. It's kind of part and parcel of, yeah. you know, be, being in the European competition. You, you kind of, you kind of want to see it because it's it's what you, you're told it's like, and it's, so it's living up to expectation. <laughs> um, I think I think as well though the the Besiktas at home result that was that was a I I considered that a big scalp in Europe because yes, like you say they were they were a team that you'd heard of. You knew that they were one of the big three in Turkey, um, and yeah, I. I that that was a result that was like oh my I can't I can't believe we're doing so well, um, yeah really good result I thought anyway. Yeah, um, and then after the next month uh, we were at home to Maccabi Tel Aviv. Now on paper this is just a three nil win with uh, two red cards, but <laughs> oh this it, Tel Aviv red card it, I think it, you, you, people will still be telling <laughs> this this kind of story. Uh, for years because it was just so funny. Um, so Stoke had uh, rushed into a three-goal lead inside 31 minutes. J- Jones, Jerome and Shotton um, really tearing our Israeli opponents to pieces. Uh, then on 33 minutes, Jerome was sent off for uh, apparently elbowing Yoan yeah. Ziv, the yes. Tel Aviv defender. Um, so Ziv, this was, was the pantomime villain for the rest of the game. I think... Even though we had 10 men, we'd kind of wrapped the game up. I think we'd never looked in any danger of losing it or throwing away the lead. Um, so on 54 minutes, um, Ziv is kind of challenged on the byline. And in that challenge, his boot comes off his foot. And in his frustration, Yoav Ziv boots, the ball, uh, boots, boots his boot away in anger. And it... Yeah. You couldn't have picked him out any better because his boot goes fine and hits the uh, linesman on the Seddon stand byline. The funny, the funny thing to me was he'd just done it in frustration and he, I don't think he'd meant to hit the linesman. No, no. But it just... he, he like, he, he, he kicks the boot. He like hits the linesman like square in the chest. And then you see him like going, Oh, like almost like, Oh no, no, I didn't mean to do that. Like running along, like <laughs> I'll pick my boot up. Let's pretend it didn't happen. And by which point the linesman's already like spoke on his like little walkie talkie to ref, like come over here. You need to sort this guy out. <laughs> it was just, it was, I remember being there and I, I like, that's pretty much the only moment I can remember from the match. 
um, just because it was so, so funny. Like, yeah, you've <laughs> never seen anything like that before at a football match. You just, it was just, it was just, it was just brilliant. <laughs> you just look, you love it when football is just that kind of hapless and comic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, th- I think uh, a few people did tweet us uh, with this as their strongest memory from the <laughs> Europa League campaign. Bear in mind, there's um, six, ten. Uh, Twelve games we played in total in this. <laughs> a guy, this a guy kicking a shoe at a linesman. That's yeah. the best moment. It was. It was absolutely hysterical. It was just so funny. Yeah, uh, Jugbank Stokey on Twitter. Johan Ziv kicking his boot at the line is still one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen at Stoke. Uh, I believe so. Yes, yeah, so, uh, a couple of other people there mentioned Johan Ziv and the boot as well. So, um, <laughs> what yeah, a, what brilliant. A guy. Uh, then we followed that up, uh, moving on swiftly. We went away to Israel. You know, Israel in a in a fixture. No, no wonder our um, league form, you know, did take a dive. Yeah. I believe it may have even been after this game that uh, we lost five nil at Bolton. There were some awful results. We we um, again watching back on the DVD that we we were we had some awful games after playing Europa league fixtures um and and that i mean that leads us on to when we do talk about the dreaded valencia away like yeah maybe there, there was an argument that actually we probably needed to focus a bit on the league but um no oh some awful performances which is <laughs> quite sad really because up until the last game of the europa league group stage we were we were unbeaten in europe so we, we were doing quite well yeah, um, we won two one in Tel Aviv. Whitehead and Crouch uh, secured that win. So by this point, we'd won three out of four. Uh, as you say, we were unbeaten in our first four games. Uh, I believe we were probably even top of the group at this stage as well. Then we played at home to Kiev. Uh, Matthew Upson own goal <laughs> cancelled out by Kenwin Jones header. So still unbeaten, and we needed. I believe we needed a draw in Istanbul to go through our group as champions. Yeah. Uh, no champions, like group winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Ricardo Fuller hit a beautiful, some would say deflected uh, <laughs> shot. And um, what I think it's great that Ricardo Fuller scored in this campaign. I think, I'm, I'm, you know, everyone who knows Stoke loves Ricardo Fuller, and so I'm, I'm, I'm pleased he got his name on the score sheet because this was his final season with the club, and you know it was towards uh, this part of his career that he wasn't getting an, you know, a lot of games under Tony Pulis, and it was just, it was just really nice to see him uh, play a part in, <laughs> yeah. in, you know, this kind of unique uh, campaign. So. That was great, but yeah, things took a turn for the worst in the second half. Uh, Matthew Upson gave away a penalty, got sent off. Uh, Besiktas equalised from the penalty, and then they scored two late on. Yeah. So now, uh, if we speak to uh, Anthony Bun later, I'm sure he'll tell us that Matthew Upson cost him a trip to Valencia um, <laughs> because of uh, the way half terms work, but. Uh, We'll ring him up, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure he'll talk about that with us. But um, yeah, uh, 
this meant we finished second in the group and then we were would face a seeded side. Now, of course, the Europa League being what it is, these seeded sides include Champions League teams that didn't make it through their Champions League groups. So Valencia was one of those. Um, I, I don't I don't know like if I was happy with the draw or not because you want to be playing big clubs when you play in Europe. You want you want to have the kind of prestige of playing you know famous European sides, but at the same time you also want to go far in the competition. <laughs> um, so we played we got Valencia, which was. Uh, kind of refreshing for our fans, have, having been to you know the other end of Europe. Valencia is relatively close, so uh, that was brilliant. But um, I think that might be a time to uh, leave the first half. Uh, these fixtures are there's a lot to talk about, so uh, we'll leave it there for the first half. Uh, join us after the break. Well, what a journey it's been tonight. We've had a right goal. You know, we played a strong team. You know, if you read some of the papers, they, they, you know, they were talking about us playing an under-18s team. Um, but the team tonight was very, very experienced. And the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, we just had a little bit of luck. You know, we needed a goal and it just didn't come. Welcome back to part two of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. And we're joined by Anthony Bunn. You may know him as the editor and founder of Duck Magazine. And if you didn't, if you don't know Duck Magazine for some reason, you'll probably know A View to a Kiln or him being generally very good Stoke follow on Twitter. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Anthony. Pleasure, pleasure. You all right? Yeah, we're d- mighty fine. Good. Uh, we're cu- we're currently just up to uh, the point in Stoke's Europa League run where we got Valencia in the next round. Right now, from what I remember. Uh, did Matthew Upson cost you a trip to Valencia? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, I, I, hopefully he's gone into hiding. Uh, I've been trying to hunt him down for quite a while. Well, yeah, we yeah, we, we needed we needed to get a point, I think, in uh, in Istanbul, uh, and obviously Rick had give us the the lead. And if we won the group, uh, it was going to work out that the second leg, uh, the first leg, would be away uh, at the next round, and then uh, <clears throat> I'd be able to go. Me and me and Lee, who do the magazine. Uh, well, I was at the time a teacher, uh, and uh, unfortunately, schools don't uh, don't quite like the teachers going away matches and missing lessons. <laughs> to be honest, uh, so uh, I mean, in, in fairness, we were we were battered that night. Um, I remember the game well. I was watching it with Leon Telly, um, and they scored out of the blue. I think Rick Rick might have hit the bar or post as well, but they I mean they battered us that night. And uh, but but you know the clock tick was ticking on. We're one 0 up and. Uh, uh, Mr. Upson uh, gave away penalty, red card, etc. And then uh, our dreams of going to uh, the next round were were, were kind of uh, nullified. But uh, yeah, we, I mean, in fairness, I mean, we had, uh, I mean, that, that European journey was, uh, I mean, the trips we had, the away trips were unbelievable. I think we had the we had the furthest mileage of any any uh, British club ever in in Europe in in the group stages with Tel Aviv, Istanbul, and Kiev. Pretty sure it was. So you know the support, the Stoke support deserved a you know a sunny Mediterranean away day, <laughs> and that and that's what we got. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, we were just talking. Uh, go I on, was going to say, surely there's something wrong with the education system where a trip to Valencia isn't counted as an educational visit. Surely that's that wouldn't it, have been worth a trip. 
yeah, it finished. That, that, that and Michael Gove finished me off of education, to be honest. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, we even went and asked the head teacher if we could actually have unpaid leave. Uh, it, 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 um, I mean, I mean it, it, it was a great year. It was one of the best years of supporting Stoke, to be honest with you. With the European, I know we were brilliant in the league that year, but it, there was such a buzz about the European games. And, and anyone who says, oh, we don't want to qualify for Europe again, and you need to give your head a wobble. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there, were, there were great yeah. times. Um, from the initial draw of getting split, I was listening to it on the radio at work. It was lunchtime at school, and there was three or four Stokies around, uh, or huddled around a computer. Which, not the old radio, but it was on the computer, and we saw we got split to, to, to Valencia. And then hearing of what got me more than anything with Valencia, we know we took 67,000, whatever, but there was a few Vale fans went as well. <laughs> you know, for the for the weekend, Ben Adorable, whatever. And I'm I'm kind of thinking, hold on, I've done I've done quite a few grounds and done my time watching Stoke. <laughs> yeah. I'm sat I'm sat at home and uh, there's very old fans watching Stoke in Valencia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, I can't, I'm just watching I can't, the Wales game as well. So George. Wool, <laughs> blimey. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. So, the home leg, of course, against Valencia. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fair to say we were outclassed. Yeah. Um, Valencia at this point, they weren't the Gary Neville Valencia. They were <laughs> a proper decent outfit. They had uh, they had Soldado when he was good yeah. and scoring goals. They had Jordi Albert. They had uh, Jeremy Mathieu, who uh, now plays for Barcelona. Um, yeah, it was a great strike from Topal, their, their Turkish yeah. midfielder, right into the roof of the net. Uh, I've just uh, looked back on the uh, goal today and... Uh, Wilson Palacios is uh, stood motionless. I probably think a, a Dean Whitehead. Dean Whitehead might have closed him down, but Palacios was having none of it. Um, so yeah, uh, unfortunate. But you know, we're only one down after the first leg. Yeah, I mean, and then uh, we yeah. I was just going to say, uh, and then then we we go away, kind of really up against it. Yeah, I mean, I remember as well Raquel made first. Uh, was was just simply outstanding at our place, um, absolutely outstanding. They were they were different gravy, to be honest, than than the teams we played. I mean, I thought Besiktas were decent. Sorry, wasn't the Cowboys who played for Besiktas? So I got that. I don't know. I got it right anyway. Uh, but they were different gravy. Once they once they went one 0 up, we we didn't get a sniff that night. Um, obviously they were backed by their vociferous following of about twenty four as well, <laughs> if I remember. Uh, yeah. Spanish teams never seem to take many abroad, do they? When they when when they go away matches, you know. No, I, I don't think the uh, Spanish have a big away culture in general. They don't they don't really uh, seem to, you know, have many away fans. I suppose it's a bigger country and all that, oh, yeah. but the, it's just it's just not not part of the in fairness, football culture in, in, in Spain. Fairness, so yeah, it's not too surprising that you know. It's the uh, was it the Andalusian sunshine and Valencia, or you know, <laughs> cold night in Stoke on Trent. So uh, yeah, fair play to the 16, 17 who made it over. But no, we we, we didn't. We, we never got up ahead of steam that night at all. And to be honest, it, it was a very comfortable one 0 victory for Valencia, and you know, kind of knocked the stuffing and, and the wind out of a lot of people's sails. Yeah. Um, so of course, uh, you you may have watched the, the scenes of the Stoke fans in the main square in Valencia with. <laughs> I I definitely was jealous, you know. I, I made I made no secret of my jealousy. I was, I was, you know, it was like, oh, it's brilliant that Stoke are there. It's brilliant, you know. It's a brilliant sight seeing all these red and white shirts in a 
sunny climate and all that. But yeah, I was just like, oh, I wish I could have gone. Yeah, yeah. It's when um, it's when I was driving so, to school on, on the morning of the game, and my mates on Radio Stoke saying, "All the best to Bunny and Lee." When it kind of oh, hit home, oh. uh, it was like one of those Reggie, Reggie Perrin moments where I just fancied just literally driving into the seat. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's not on. <laughs> it isn't, but uh, no, I mean you can't begrudge any Stoke, you know, Stoke fan that trip. But the, it was just a variety of stories, wasn't it? From the people who went, some went to Valencia, some went to you know the week on the Costas and whatever, and some people went to Madrid, some Barcelona. The, the variety of stories and, and you know and uh, just the, just just the pictures. I know you know we were we were mega upset, and I'll never kind of forgive myself being a teacher in a way. To miss it, but it was, it, you know, just the, the sight of the, you know, the the main square and whatever, the, the thousands of Stoke fans and people climbing up the scaffolding and this, that, and the other. It's just un, unforgettable moments. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think we had a official allocation of about three thousand. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half thousand. But I think our estimates have it at somewhere between six and seven thousand. And it was noticeable watching on telly just how uh, how much the Stoke fans had taken over the Mestaya <laughs> Stadium because there was the there was the official Stoke fans up in that yeah. corner, but then all around the ground it was Stoke shit, Stoke shit. It's like no, but nobody seemed to mind really. Um, it, and that's like full credit to our support. Um, yeah, I think, I think the big thing for me, one of the big pluses of, of the European adventure, was the fact that. You know, we went to some real football in hotbeds. You know, the likes of Kiev and Istanbul and Tel Aviv. You know, is the propensity for you know for people getting into my is quite high in those cities. To be honest, but based on based on past experiences of of other other teams going there, but the fact that you know the friendships made with people from those cities and supporters, there was absolutely zero Myra what was what was reported, which was absolutely brilliant and. Uh, you know, I think I think Stoke fans were, you know, it, it was a credit to themselves and the club for the entire season in Europe. Yeah, I, we were saying earlier on that um, against the likes of like Split and Besiktas, they've got these proper, uh, you know, pumping European away ends, which is what you want to see when you when you play in Europe. But but at the same time, there wasn't trouble, so it was kind of it was kind of a perfect. Uh, atmosphere, if you like, yeah. for a European away game. Yeah, I mean, um, going back to split, I remember I was telling a view to a kill and I was the club shop, and a mate of mine kind of like very excitedly ran ran to me and said, and you said, Bunny, Bunny, I've never seen an away following like it. And what had happened apparently was that all 500 split fans had come over, had been drinking up up in Hanley uh, outside the pig <laughs> outside the pig pen pub. I mean, they've come all the way to from Split to Stoke and, and, and gone to that pub which is next to McDonald's, which is you know, <laughs> no disrespect, not not the most salubrious part of, of Stoke in a way. And they'd marched to a man, literally all of them dressed in those vests and all of them absolutely ripped as well. There wasn't one overweight away fan. They'd marched from Hanley to Stoke. They'd wow. walked it from Hanley to Stoke. To a man lighting flares and this and the other, and and, uh, and, and, and they march they marched them past me, and it, I must say it was very very impressive in the the noise and the colour of that away end, and then when Besiktas come and fills it, you know it, it, it's just outstanding, it's brilliant. And like I said, if people think that you know we don't want to qualify for Europe because it might have an effect on the league form, well I I go to football for to watch Stoke to have nights like that, 
you know, not to not yeah. to finish ninth or whatever, yeah. which is great. But you know, that that night again, split. My little boy, well, maybe he's my old boy, oh, he's 13 now. We just watched the away end because the game wasn't very good. We literally just watched the away end. It was fantastic. Yeah. 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 You've hit on the kind of the the kind of final big question, which is uh, we put a poll out on Twitter um, about this Valencia away game. Uh, we asked, was Tony Pulis right to rotate the team for that uh, away game in Valencia? 87% said no, 13% said yes. So it's a pretty damning uh, a damning indictment of Tony Pulis. But um, we did get a lot of replies saying, well, that our league form was really bad at that point and the team he did put out, Okay, it's missing a lot of our key players, but that team performed very well, mm. and we were unlucky with the chances we had. Kenwin Jones had a couple of really good chances, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, where where do you where do you <laughs> stand on? Uh, for someone, I yeah. admit, if, I, if I'd have spent all that money um, to get out there, and at, this was after Tony, don't forget, went in the press and said we need everybody out there. We're going to give it a real go, uh, mm. and I know you know. He know, you know, he knows your best team, this, that, the other, but I'm, I'm of the opinion, that especially with cup games, like the League Cup against Hull the other night, when you're struggling in the league, you get a win from somewhere or you, or you, you know, you get a result and then the league form hopefully kicks, kicks on from it. We, we, we played really well that night. Just, just unfortunately, like the cup final, the chance fell to Kenwin. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. we should be, we, we should be a statue up of Kenwin Jones in Stoke Content now. If he could have taken the chance against Man City and the two or three against Valencia, we'd be literally be, be worshipping on every Sunday up in Hamden somewhere, a statue of Kenwin. But unfortunately, he, he failed to net any of them. So uh, yeah. it, it's, it's always a case yeah. of, uh, you know, we talk about the team we, we put out in a way, but they played really well. I think, mm. I think Aris Mendy played that night. He I did. thought he was out. Yes, he played he really well first half. Uh, I'm just looking at the, the squad We're, now that we took out. I mean, apart from the fact that we only filled, uh, what was it, f- four of the substitute seats out of out of seven, which is quite yeah. damn <laughs> it. But the te- this was the team. It was Sorensen and Goal, Hooth, Danny Collins, Woodgate, Giao, Delap, Aris Mendy, Palacios, and then Kenwin Jones, Ricardo Fuller, and Cameron Jerome. Like that's <laughs> what an incredible lineup. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that midfield of Palacios, Joe, and Arismendi is every Stoke fan's dream, isn't it? <laughs> uh, the big one for me is that uh, you know you, you're going. Well, the, the fact that the, when the name Danny Collins was said, then my body literally shook, um, <laughs> like, I, like I was doing like I was doing cold turkey or something. Um, yeah. The fact that Danny Collins played for Stoke in in Valencia in a European game is is kind of really surreal, to be honest. Yeah. It's kind of like Danny Pugh, and... Danny Pugh scoring the winner in Europe, but da- yeah. da- Danny we, Collins, we... Like, I, well, yeah. yeah, we were saying but... earlier about how this uh, Europa League run was like really like the chance to shine for so many fringe players. Uh, like Ryan Shotton had a really good uh, <laughs> few games for us and. Uh, Ups and Pew, uh, you know, Shotton and uh, Aris Mendy playing a blinder in Valencia. It, it's it, it's quite mad when you think about it. It is just look. That's why I think the Europa League is a brilliant competition. I much prefer watching games on tally Europa League because you you will get some you know you'll get the likes of Stoke City from other countries. 
teams that you don't know a lot about and cities you don't know a lot about, rather than it's AC Milan against Ajax or Real Madrid or Barcelona, who you know everything about because they're on tally all the time. Whereas Europa League, I know Man United fans who go you know, home and away everywhere and they love the Europa League more than Champions League. <laughs> it's like, oh, crikey, we've got, yeah. we've got Milan away again, have we? You know, I've already been there four times, but... You know, we're playing we're playing FC Ton, but you know, with the with the, the argumenting behind it on an artificial pitch. You know that. that yeah, yeah. Fantastic. because it, 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 it's, it's so big as well. It's got a ridiculous number of teams in the Europa League, like sixty-four or something like that. Yeah. You know, you you could, like, as we found out, you could play in Israel, Kiev, and uh, Istanbul. Israel and Istanbul on the other side of the continent, yeah. and some of those aren't even in Europe. Or you could have, you know, a Bruges, Amsterdam, uh, Paris piss up, or you know, <laughs> some, yeah, <laughs> some, I mean, some really you, nice. Yeah, you, you always deserve one game in Europe. I always think where you can take six or seven thousand, you know, on a two-hour flight. That you know, you know, your typical the Notty Yankee away game in a way. You deserve <laughs> one of them. You know, and uh, but also I know the people I know who went to Kiev and in Istanbul and Tel Aviv. You know, these are just amazing cities. Uh, I put a fo- yeah. put a football game at the end of it as well. You know, and uh, like I say, it was just such a surreal year, such a surreal season. Uh, but it was it was amazing. I just can't wait. I, I, I hate to think that that's it for me now. Watching European football uh, with Stoke, mm. I'd be yeah. gutted to be honest. Um, yeah. Just going back to that uh, team he played for a second, uh, the, the the guys who didn't make the trip were like Jonathan Walters, Peter Crouch, Glenn Whelan, Matthew Etherington, and I think this is the kind of crucial one that most people talk about is Ryan Shawcross didn't go as well. When you think your club captain can't play for you in in probably one of your biggest games in your history, I mean, it, it sounds it sounds a bit funny say one of the biggest games in your history because cause of the team we put out almost, yeah. but. Had we won that game, we would have we would have looked back on it as one of the biggest games in our history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing is, as well, so, the results on the Sunday, won't we? Know, we come back and play on the Sunday. I'm pretty sure every every game was away from home and every game we lost. See, what it wasn't the case yes. of resting players did us any good anyway. To be honest, uh, really, like you say, you know, your club captain has to go. Whether he's on the bench, even he, you know, he has to. You know, he's got to be there in some way, shape, or form, and. I still, I can still picture because we watched the game in Orphy's house when he was living in Biddle, and we went up and uh, I'd say he got Radio Stoke on, and I thought they got, you know, you can you get they got the team wrong or the, the squad wrong or they've been <laughs> you know an outbreak of I don't know, food poisoning or whatever, and uh, yeah, to, to, I must admit I've got mates who were over there who were texting me and said, is it true about the team? We've heard about the team, and I think he put a <laughs> I didn't put a dampener on it because they were so hammered anyway, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they might be full of sangria anyway in, uh, in San Miguel and whatever, but uh, they he, he put a dampener on it for quite a few people, as your poll you know, obviously shows. I think that's one of the ones where Tony's got to hold his hands up and say, I got it wrong on the night. Yeah. Well, um, I've just uh, seen some of the post-match clips from that uh, in preparing for this show, and uh, Tony... Tony was his usual kind of um, oh, his usual combative self, if you like. He, he, he said he said um, he said in his post-match interview, "Oh, the way yes, uh, some people talked about it, you'd think I put an under-18s team out here, but the lads <laughs> yeah, did really well and stuff like that." I was like, "Oh, come on, Tony, you, you, you know where we're coming from." Um, 
yeah, just just finally on that, I, I'm I'm kind of with with you, uh, Bunny, because they, these are the games that you you really want to give everything yeah. for, and it, it was it was and absolutely the team we put out did very well, and you know Diego Arismendi played the game of his life, and we were maybe a few chances from an upset. Um, but I, I and I can understand rotation, but the 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 sheer scale of the rotation for me was yeah. too much and kind of ruined what yeah my, well, give it, yeah give ruined it a go what first half put your first team out first yeah. half and give it a go it, it's only Spain we take the first team all over Europe and even into other continents and other matches <laughs> and then when we do get yeah. the shortest game you know we 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 keep him at home um, like I say yeah. give them a give them put put the team out score the first goal get you right back in it and then then go from there but uh, I wouldn't say wave the white flag but you know it, it, it's uh, I think if you look at the team photo on the night have a look at Ricardo's face in the team photo I think that <laughs> tells you a lot about uh, about about the selections that night and also where they played Rick as well played Rick out wide again didn't they yeah, yeah that I was that was always a sorry sight it, it, that was in his final season yes, wasn't it and it was yeah. a sorry sight seeing him in his uh, final game being played on the wing as well and it was yeah, yeah we, spoke, it was, we, we interviewed Rick in the latest issue Rick and Mama and, and we, we touched quite a lot on the Bolton game uh, and the fact that you know he was he was on the left wing in his last game which I think think left a bit of a sour taste uh, with Rick at times but uh, but uh, like I say it was, it, it was a a great, a great, a great journey it was for a club like us. Who, you know, I'd, I'd been listening to me dad's stories about going Ajax and Kaiserslautern, and uh, you know, it's a chance for people to to make their own little bit of supporting history as well. You know, and I, I don't know of anyone really who didn't go to at least one of the games. You know, like I say, that never leaves you. You know, nil nil draws at home to Sunderland or whatever. You don't remember in 20, 30, 30 years time, but you know, you remember the day you went to Tel Aviv. You know, you went you know, yeah. the other day. You went to Istanbul and that cold of an atmosphere and watched out go one not all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were just saying how, how brilliant it was um, that Ricardo Fuller did score for us in this Europa League run, albeit by a deflection. But uh, the the moment when we took the lead in Istanbul, it was just like you you get. Uh, we were brought back down to earth in that game, but you were like giddy with excitement. You oh. know, just just seeing yeah, he, Stoke. He was really just that, doing that, so. He was a one man one man attack. I mean, first half was wave after wave of Besiktas uh, attacks. You know, great saves, brilliant goalkeeping, bit of luck, woodwork. But Rick carried the fight all night. Like I said, he had one. He's either hit the ball, come down to you, lob the goalkeeper, and just couldn't put it in on the line. But uh, you know, it's not everybody who knows knows the magazine or knows me knows what I think of Rick. Him, him and you know, yeah. him and Steno are you know literally gods to me, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, um, I believe uh, Chris has a young baby to look after very soon. Um, so, so we'll we'll kind of wrap up here. I, uh, thank you both for for jo- for joining me for this uh, one-off podcast. Um, well, we'll get, uh, it it, it may have ended at the round of go on. We'll get through it all again this time next year when we're uh, we finish seventh day, and we're, we're yes, <laughs> yes, trips, trips, trips. absolutely, yeah, and. Um, Maybe maybe next time we'll we'll do a Fulham or a Middlesbrough and get all the way to a final or something like that because uh, then we'll have to release a two-hour episode of this podcast and we'll just <laughs> officially talk forever. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Chris. Um, Bunny, uh, I imagine most Stoke fans uh, know you anyway, but if you want to 
plug uh, plug uh, the magazine, plug the website. They might me, but they don't buy it. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, we've, got, we've got a new issue out on Saturday. Um, it's issue 28. We've got the second part of the Rick and Mamma interview. So it's, a, it's the first part set the scene in a way. This, this talks exclusively about the time the time at the uh, the Britannia Stadium. You know, and uh, Mamma got the odd word in as well. But Rick, Rick had stories galore. Some, some we could put in, some we couldn't. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's warts and all. It's uh, like I say, it's, it's an honour to interview. That's the best part of the magazine, in a way, is meeting the people who buy it, but also you know the chance we get sometimes to meet players and have a chat and whatever. And uh, yeah, that's out Saturday. Uh, and uh, yeah, it sold really well. It's on sale. It's on sale now online, and that sold really well. So I'll be selling it there. I'll be selling it at Hull as well. Um, so didn't go Valencia, but I'll be going Hull instead. Uh, fantastic Um, that's it from us thank you very much for uh, listening to this kind of special podcast we just wanted to do something different while the international break was on Uh, if you want to get in touch with us tweet us at Wizards of Drivel um, or tweet one of us individually we'll be back Uh, I don't know what the lineup will be Uh, (laughs) either Mark Hughes yeah (laughs) I, I don't know what Mark Hughes' lineup will be or what this podcast lineup will be next week, but uh, we will review the uh, Sunderland game then. Uh, I thank, thank you very much for listening once again. Uh, go on, Stoke. They're in the Europa League and they deserve it. Five years ago, we were playing. I can't remember who we were playing, and you know, if you told me then we'd be doing this now, going to cup finals. Uh, travelling and playing Valencia. I mean, Valencia, Champions League side. I'd have, I'd have just laughed and turned my back. But it's been incredible, absolutely incredible. Brilliant. Been waiting for this since the draw came out. It's what you dream of, clear blue sky, football, nice people, wonderful surroundings, absolutely great. We're well, side to point in Stoke. We're at the lowest point in history, so it's just an absolute dream. To Obviously, I've been lucky enough to go to every single European game, but this is just something else. Sun's out, thousands of people. We've come for a day out, it's superb.